Welcome to the Driven by Prevention podcast by the Merck Animal Health Swine Team. Merck Animal Health is proud to be your invested partner in the industry and is focused on solving your swine disease and reproductive challenges for better business and improved animal welfare, productivity, opportunity, partnership, wellness, all driven by prevention. The COVID-19 pandemic and economic impacts in the swine industry have changed some of our normal practices in swine health and production. In today's webinar, using data and technology to efficiently make swine health and production decisions, we will be hearing from two of the leading swine veterinarians on how they have adapted and applied technology and data analytics to make swine herd health and production decisions efficiently and effectively in today's challenging environment. I'm Kevin Schultz, senior staff writer with Farm Progress, parent company of National Hog Farmer. So as we start here, we know there's a learning curve to data management. And no matter what form of data analysis you use, you've got to have a vision. So as a swine veterinarian, where do you begin? How about we start with Matt? Well, any farm system that you're working with, there's a plethora of data out there. So you've got this spaghetti bowl of information, as Tom Stein used to say, of data flowing from sow farms to the nurseries, to the finishing barns, to the packers, back to the main office. So you really just need to simplify down to what data am I going to collect and what is important to get me the product that I want at the end of the day. If I want a thousand wean pigs weighing 12, 12 and a half pounds each week at 18 days of age, then I need to breed the right number of sows. I need to farrow the right number of sows and I need to wean the right number of pigs. So just distilling the information system down to what you wanna capture, keep it simple, keep it repeatable, keep it in electronic format. Whether you use MetaFarms or Pignose or Porsitech or whatever system it is, you wanna be able to get the data back out of those systems in electronic format, in a spreadsheet format, ideally. You ideally want your data to be up in a way that you can see that in columns and headings across the top and then data down the side of the page, date ranges and numbers so that you can chart and graph that easily in Excel pivot tables or that you can import it into access databases or to SQL server or upload it to the web services of whatever information system you're using. But a lot of times I just start out with a pen and paper down with my producer and say, hey, what are we trying to capture? What do we wanna do with that information and how is it gonna change our business? And once we've defined those variables, then we put it into a spreadsheet, start there and make sure that we're capturing this easily through their system, that it's able to be maintained and that it's gonna get them the reports back out of the other end that they want. How about you, Pete? Uh, do you agree with uh, what Matt says, how you kind of develop that system? Yeah, I think, you know, as you think about as you, as you get into trying to um, manage your data and, and create a vision around how you really want to be able to utilize the data, um, it's important to think about what, what outputs are important, what am I measuring today, or what will I measure? And so one, you know, example of something that would be common, you know, for anybody to measure, uh, whether it's real time um, electronically or whether it's on a clipboard or as you think about how you're going to manage that data moving forward be something like uh, finishing mortality. So every day, most producers are going to record, you know, how many dead pigs they have. Well, what's your vision of what, you, what do you want to do with that? You know, do you want to know um, how in depth you want to get? You know, I think as we've thought about that in our system, 
you know, think about how do we really characterize those um, and who's characterizing them. And, and so, you know, simple as are they acute mortality or chronic mortality allows us to understand, um, are we still losing good pigs or, or is this um, maybe some after effect of, of the disease process that was going on? So how do we want to bucket the, that? How simple and how complicated do we want to get? A lot of times uh, simpler is better, um, not trying to put too many categories in place. And then how do I want to manage the mortality as I look at a system? You know, and we've kind of chose to break it down into, into three time frames: less than 60 day mortality, 60 to 120, and then 120 plus. And so as we think about you know, our vision of what, what we want. I think finishing mortality is a good example of how do we want to collect that data and how do we want to make that data make sense in our system. And then as you move forward, you can look at, uh, you know, you can, once you have that data and you can start collecting accurate data in the format you want it, uh, then you can start to look at different parameters that are important to you, um, whether those are health interventions or disease status and um, how those impact that output. But first of all, you gotta decide how do you want to categorize that output. Now, as we know, there's all sorts of data coming in and all sorts of data management systems available. Um, how, do you, how do you prevent uh, death by data? I mean, uh, what data do you want to see? What's important to you uh, and to help producers manage in their system? Yeah, I think one thing, you know, you can run into is, um, you know, you can, you can capture a lot of information. And so you can um, have reports that are comprehensive and include all that information. But at some point, what you really need to do is get together with the stakeholders, whether that's uh, farm managers, uh, maybe uh, people who oversee uh, sow farms, other veterinarians in your clinic or on your team in a production system, um, you know, farm managers, people who have a stake in, in looking at that data and how they manage their operations based off that data. And then, you know, all kind of deciding together how you want to take that information and distill it down into a more simple applied report that not only allows you to look at those numbers and make sense of them, but also look at maybe some key factors that may be um, influencing the performance in your system and how do you um, look at those numbers and, and uh, look at the impacts that they make and make sure not only are you looking at that, but you're looking at it um, in a way that avoids uh, confounding information between flows or between farms. Um, so really trying to standardize um, across a lot of different variables, but making it simplified enough to where you can make a lot of sense out of it. And, uh, and for a lot of people, that's just as simple as getting a snapshot of some key parameters that are gonna affect not only, maybe, maybe it's for just for their farm as a farm manager, or maybe um, it's for uh, a larger system, maybe you know all the, all the finishing pigs that um, you would work with as a veterinarian in a production system or um, with one of your clients in practice. So really, really it comes down to taking a large number of information, getting together with key stakeholders going to look at that and just determining the output. You want to look at that on a regular basis. Then. Yeah, I think it's much like Pete said, you have to define what you're trying to measure and what results you're trying to get back out of the system. So some simple charts that we've put together is if people want to wean PERS negative pigs into their system, okay, let's collect the sample date. Let's get this into a spreadsheet format. Let's get the production week. Let's capture the uh, case number at the diagnostic lab and let's hyperlink that to the case number so that you can click on that. Let's get what the processing fluids look like at the gilt level. Let's look at the family oral fluids look like at the uh, gilt and sow level. And then let's test those pigs in the early nursery to make sure that we're getting PERS negative pigs into the system. But to really capture that data, we've got to set up a process and then make sure that we're capturing that in a spreadsheet format. 
if we're looking at the wean to market side of things and we're wanting to make sure that we're getting more pigs and more pounds to market, well, then we need to be capturing how many pigs are we marketing each week and then be able to roll that up quarterly and then be able to roll that up monthly. So we, at the end of the year, we can sit down and look at that information and say, okay, we've uh, weaned more pigs or we've sold more pigs than the year before. How many pounds are we getting on those pigs? Are we hitting our target weight? Are we in the white, right weight bracket? What's our target line and how close did we come to that? And then finally, how many total pounds do we get out of the system on the grow finish side of things so that we can see year after year, hopefully we're making progress within the system. Or if we have a problem, how quickly do we detect the problem, react and minimize the problem? Because problems will show up in the system. So if we can detect that problem and minimize the PERS outbreak, the PED spread within the system, we can still come 95% of our goal at the end of the year still could be a victory in the face of those challenges. And how about you, Pete? Yeah, I think as we think about kind of the big picture and, and, and how we decide what day is important and how we organize, I think, you know, what I was like, we had a pretty unique opportunity uh, starting a couple of years ago uh, with Iowa State and some of the resources they had available to them. And I think um, that project allowed us to look at how um, kind of think critically about how we're collecting data and how we're looking at it in our system. So we worked with um, Daniel and Harris and, and his uh, graduate student, Edison Magal Hayes, and, and those guys really helped a ton as we thought about, you know, some key outcomes. And so one of those key outcomes is finishing mortality. And so do how do a lot of parameters impact finishing mortality? And so, you know, as we kind of went through that, um, that project and we talked and went through different iterations and, and um, made some changes and edits to how we were looking at it, it really um, kind of opened our eyes to all the different, um, you know, key things that we could look at in our system and every system is going to be a little different you know some things we can control and some things we can't control but as we thought about you know the different parameters that we want to um, as we collect data that we want to look at and see how that influences our outcomes and in this case outcome of finishing mortality um, you know it really it really helped us to look at um, you know how those factors um, which ones are significant um, you know in our system i'll get use a couple examples uh, we, we made some considerable financial investment in South Bar filtration. And so, you know, through this project we work with Daniel on, that was a key um, parameter that we had put into place. We want to understand the impact. Um, and one of those impacts was how it impacted our, our health post weaning. And so uh, this project really helped us look at the differences between farms before we filtered them and after we filtered them and um, compared to farms that we had not yet filtered. And so it really allowed us to quantify um, you know, the, the, the impact we're able to make with that. And it also allows us to look at different um, decision processes we'll continue to make in the future, uh, like medication decisions. You know, one thing we found, um, you know, looking at the data is that uh, when we do um, South Farm medication, it helps our downstream mortality for a period of time after that medication is put in place. And so being able to see that and across the system and be able to, to look at that, you know, kind of, you know, is it our examples of the big picture you know, of, of when you start to put your data collection system in place, what are some key things I'm doing in my system or I may want to do in my system or some challenges I face and how do they impa impact um, the key parameters that I'm interested in? And those are the measurements that you need to take. And so everybody's going to be a little different. And those are some examples of some things in our system um, that, that we looked at and were able to measure some impacts on. I'm sure it matters on 
phase and by system. But what data do you want to see and in what format? Let's start with you, Matt. Yeah, depending on the system, at the end of the day, I want to see the data in electronic format one way or the other. And I want to be able to see, you know, if they're wanting to reduce rejects, I want to be measuring rejects percentage. I want to see the grade sheets and I want to have the grow finish team on the phone or on the Skype call at the same time as the South farm so that they can say, hey, you've been able to reduce rejects. You've been able to implement these vaccine changes at the South farm and it's had a positive impact on what's going on in the rest of the system. So to be able to have that information and to show, hey, you've done that, part of the way you've done that is by reducing or improving your wean weight, reducing the variation in the pigs that are coming into the system. So to get the sow farm on the Skype call with the grow finish team, to be able to have them not just get pictures of reject pigs, but to be able to chart and work together on what those grade sheets look like and what are the reject reasons and implement a plan to reduce ruptures or injuries or coughing, whatever the issue is to help the nursery finishing system has been a very powerful tool for us. And once again, a lot of times we just start out by doing that in Excel. It's that simple. Um, and then once we build it out from there, we can decide if we wanna take it into a web app or take it onto Microsoft Access or put it into SQL. And how about you, Pete? I imagine uh, Iowa Select Farms has a uniform uh, system throughout, or maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know it always evolves, and so you know, you know, I guess as you're trying to continuously get better, you look at those things and you decide, you know, how do I want to look at my data? And, and you know, what you don't want to do is is uh, get something in a format you need to spend a couple hours formatting and sorting um, and writing things down and re-entering uh, things. So think about. Yeah, how do I classify those things? How can I generate that report in the format that I already want? And so, you know, a couple of things that are important um, important to me, you know, as, as I thought about it and as we've, as we've uh, developed some of these reports, a couple newer things are, I like to see a mortality variance um, in terms of maybe some diseases that are impacting me more now. So, you know, I can look uh, real quick in a report that I get every week that says how many pigs that I have die, uh, you know, every week from E. coli and I can look, is this week higher or lower, um, you know, than the last several weeks, just real quick and easy. Um, and I'll look at that for a couple different diseases, but that's an example of something um, that we've implemented. You know, another, uh, another um, report, you know, kind of allows you to look at flows and, you know, you always get, um, you know, you can have one, one uh, bad PERS break, lateral PERS break in a flow and that can throw your flow mortality off and can kind of lead down the wrong trail. But what you can also do is kind of um, what we have had, what we've had developed as a report, you know, where we get our mortality, um, you know, by flow, and we have a lot of pig flows, um, but it allows us to look how many sites are falling outside kind of the um, a standard deviation in mortality. If it's one site, and I know I can click on that, and I know what's going on at that site, that's not a big deal, but if I'm starting to see a trend up of two or three sites in a flow, I don't expect to see that in, you know, whether that's my flow or whether that's a, um, an independent producer that may have just a couple of flows or maybe just one flow, um, you know, it, it really depends on, on uh, what you're trying to look at, but I think whatever you do, um, you know, when you decide what your key outputs are you want to look at, it's what format do you want to put those in? What kind of things are you interested in looking at week over week or day over day? And, and how can you get that, that report put out in a snapshot uh, picture to where you get those answers and you don't have to spend a lot of time searching for them? You already know what answers you want. 
I think, Kevin, a lot of times that can be as easy as putting the data in a PowerPoint and then updating that on a quarterly basis. If you want to reduce your feed medication cost, then you can implement a plan, you can talk about it, you can visualize that to the team, and you can really draw their attention to it. And then if you want to get fancy and, it, you know, the tools that are coming out, the visualization tools on the web with Power BI that allows you to import information from different data services and then publish that out and share that out with your team, you can do that just as easily. Taking nursery information and rolling it up by year and then breaking that out on average daily gain, average mortality, average um, feed conversion, uh, feed cost, and see what progress is being made in your system. You can do the same thing on the finishing side of things, roll that up and then be able to drill into that as well, busting into those individual groups and see what farms or what uh, rooms within your system are the most successful or what sites or what contract growers. So to be able to have that all rolled up and able to be analyzed with conditional formatting makes it very easy for people to see. Today's Driven by Prevention podcast is brought to you by Circumvent G2. Circumvent G2 has withstood the toughest test there is, time. Circumvent G2 provides the monumental protection herds need in the ever-evolving fight against circovirus. Find the protection you need at drivenbyprevention.com. See what the highs and lows are within the system. Now, do these data management systems, uh, are they fairly intuitive, uh, uh, user-friendly, or, or maybe you, anyway, you have to collaborate with others, uh, example, statisticians, uh, to help in the process, to make sense of all this data? I think the uh, tools out there are, um, are very, uh, they're intense, right? The Power BI, it's a learning curve. But if you start out with small steps, right? Uh, the tools that I'm sharing with you and talking about today, develop, develop those over 25 years. It isn't like we just got up and made these all last night. Um, you know, it, and we just start out with one sheet. And okay, here's the one thing we want to track this year. We want to track pigs weaned and we want to do that I, every year I start out I come up with two or three new ideas at the end of the year if we've if we're still doing one of them at the end of three years if we're if we're still doing that one thing then that's a victory if I go to a hog farm and I see my chart up on their wall that's a victory if I see them packing those out through the shower taking them home to show somebody hey here's what we did this past year I consider that a victory. So I want them to buy into it and, and to utilize it in their system. And, and so we need to make sure that it's concise and conveys the message that we want so that they can be proud of the job that they do each day. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm certainly no statistician or IT guru, but, you know, if you can work with, the, with work with, um, you know, work with the people in your organization that can do those kinds of things or, or, you know, kind of lean on other producers that you know that can give you advice on how to get the reports you want. I think that that's important or use, utilize a service, um, you know, that, that people are willing to provide for the pork industry. You know, a lot of those services are out there. So you don't have to be a statistician. You don't have to be um, a tech, the tech savvy guru. All you got to do is be able to have somebody, uh, you know, to kind of know what you want for a report and have somebody provide that to you or help you uh, get that in your hands the way you want it. I'm a little geeky. Uh, when I'm running on my treadmill at night, I watch uh, Power BI videos. 
not because I want to understand all that they're doing, but I want to see what they're doing. And then I take pictures of that, show it to my computer guy and say, hey, here's what I want. I want this data in this format. How do I get there? And so he advises me on that. Or I go to the layman conference or see an ASV presentation or the Iowa meeting and see what other people are doing in their practices and say, okay, how did you do that? Where did you start? How did you get people to buy into that process? Those things, those tools and seeing what other people are doing gives me uh, new ideas and, and keeps me pushing ahead. Stick with Pete on this and then uh, Matt, we'll get your follow-up. Um, kind of along those lines, how do you go through that process of sharing that data with the producers and the caretakers? And do you have a set schedule that you know, each week, each month, we're going to go over our farrowing numbers? Or do you, uh, is that timing only if there's a, a variance uh, from the norm, uh, the normal trend line? How, how do you operate that at Iowa Select Farms? Yeah, we, we do go about it both ways. Um, so uh, certainly there's going to be you know, routine uh, meetings. So for example, South Supervisor will have a weekly meeting with his um, South managers, South farm managers. And it's be similar, you know, approach in private practice where you have more routine interval visits with your, with your uh, clients. Um, you know, so there's going to be some key parameters that are going to be shared during those meetings. Um, usually there's some, you know, highlights that may be uh, something that's come up seasonally or something that we've noticed, you know, in the data, maybe, you know, for example, maybe we've seen an increase in style prolapses or something like that, that that's going to be a highlight. Maybe we're trying to have a focus on, you know, a different way of doing our body condition scoring that's going to be um, highlighted this week or, or this month. So there's going to be some of that routine uh, things where routine numbers are, are talked about or um, even discussing uh, some, some uh, hot topic during that week's meeting. But then there's also things that um, come up that are, that are timely and important to be addressed in a timely manner. Um, and so, you know, if we get into a time of the year where we know we're going to see more uh, maybe more hemolytic E. coli and our wean pigs based off looking at our trends over the past couple of years, uh, sending out um, some materials for training to our, to, our south, or to our finishing managers to be able to review. Um, and a lot of times we'll try to include something interactive with that, like a little quiz, um, you know, a couple questions that if you read, you know, keep it simple, a couple paragraphs. If you read it and you understood it, you can answer those five questions easy and then maybe have a chance to win a gift card or something like that. So try to keep it interactive, try to keep it simple um, and try to keep it uh, routine. And how about you, Matt? How do you work out with your clients? Yeah, depending on the client, we're either on the farm monthly or quarterly meeting with the production team, discussing what their goals are and reporting back to them the information that they're generating within their system, trying to show them graphically if we're on target for that year or what adjustments we need to make or discussing what adjustments we need to make to achieve those goals. So much like Pete said, trying to show the people that have that, that need that information or that need that feedback, what they're, what they're achieving and how they're achieving it and how they're doing thus far this year. You, you mentioned a timely manner of uh, uh, entering data. What is real-time data? And is there, is there a value of real-time data? Yeah, I think um, I think what I would consider real-time data would be, and that may be there may be a little variation on definition there, but you know, so for example, I would consider real-time data data that's entered basically daily, so mortality information entered the day that it occurred, 
treatment information recorded the day that it occurred. I can't remember what I did yesterday or two days ago. So if I don't have it recorded, if it's scribbled down, if we change site managers, um, basically if it doesn't get documented, you know, that day, um, then you start to run into problems with accuracy and you start to run into problems with uh, what does a weekly report mean that you run on a Friday if half the information is missing um, because it wasn't ever entered. And so um, now you start to run into reports that aren't accurate and don't mean a whole lot. And so I think it's important when I say, you know, real-time data, I'd say, you know, things that are entered in uh, daily. And at the end of the day, um, it's just as easy to do it uh, on a routine basis as a non-routine basis. Um, and it just becomes part of the daily tasks. You know, some other things real time might be weekly. It might be a summary of diagnostics for the, for the week before it gets dumped in when everything's kind of complete. So there might be a, a little bit of slight variation in what you consider um, real time, but for the most part, I consider that uh, getting in there on the day that it occurred. How about you, Matt? Do you yeah, see the in real time and is there a value in real time data? Oh, absolutely, there's value in real time data. It's just like Pete said, it depends on the data that you're trying to capture, but daily is ideal in most of our systems. But weekly, a lot of times for a roll up is also acceptable. I don't wanna be, uh, get a close out. A close out isn't real time data. Um, well, it is on the information there, but it doesn't give you active mortality, right? You've gotta be looking at the right piece at the right time. So a close out's good for what, what the, did, the group did during that previous time period. But if you're having a problem, you know, mortality, somebody needs to give me a call. In a thousand head barn, if you've got three dead in five days, or you've got five dead in seven days, then I need a call, not an email, not a text. Give me a call. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what you're seeing so that we can respond to it real time. Mm -hmm. You guys have more experience with data management systems. How much, uh, you know, it's one, one more task on somebody's to-do list. How much time are we talking? Does it take to keep up with the, uh, the real-time data management? Well, it's much like Pete said. I mean, it's just as easy to write down the event right now as later on. So if you're going to record the data, if you're going to play the game, you need to keep score. That's what uh, Larry Roof always said, uh, my mentor. Hey, you know, what's, what's the point? If you're going to play, you better be keeping score. And there's no better time to do that than now. Now, if you're having to write that down in the field and then you're having to turn that in, uh, what I see going on too much, Kevin, is, is clipboards still in barns and then the deads get turned in at the end of the group. Um, so until that information becomes electronic, it's uh, really not truly being captured in a way that can be actionable in most systems. So we've got to tighten that up still in our industry. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes down to the why and the how. I mean, I think people need to understand why it's important that they get that internet every day. Um, I think if they understand why it's important, it becomes just as important um, maybe as uh, checking to make sure they got water in the barn. Um, if they understand why and, and, you got, and then the how of it, how are they gonna do that? So do they have re reliable tools to make sure that it can get done every day? You, know, you gotta give people the right tools put in place. If, if they don't have a tablet that works or a computer uh, that, that is functioning or internet, connection that's reliable, um, then, you know, you, you, you might have explained to them the why, but you haven't given the tools to be successful. So I think both those two things are important as well. So the clipboard talked about being in the barns, that can still be a valuable tool if you're in that uh, dead zone for broadband uh, barn access possibly. But 
if we don't miss that step of transferring con the content from clipboard to you know, an iPad once you are within a uh, cell zone area, um, that's where maybe a gap occurs. Absolutely. Either get that data entered on your cell phone or get a picture of that clipboard so that it's getting turned in at, at least on a weekly basis so that we can stay current with what's going on at the, at the slat level. Mm -hmm. So data management can be as high tech or as low tech as you want it to be, as long as someone's doing something with that data. Absolutely. And you both have kind of alluded to this already, um, but if you could expand a little more, how do you use data to track your health goals, uh, health status, vaccination, medication plans? Yeah, so, you know, we do, we do use, um, so in our system, we do have all of our treatment information entered in, should be daily um, into, into the system. And so, you know, we can run, um, pretty easily run reports with a couple clicks of the mouse to look at um, groups that are a certain number of days on feed and um, and if they have been documented to have received their, for example, maybe their circomyco vaccine or an ileitis vaccine. And so, um, you know, it does make a difference. I think, um, you know, just I'll give one quick example, you know, uh, and, and again, this is paper compliance. It doesn't, it, it tells you that it was documented. It doesn't tell you that it was done or done properly, um, but it is a first kind of line to make sure that things are being done. So when we first started looking at this a few years ago, um, we started running a report for our ileitis vaccine. And um, what you found is there was a lot of groups that weren't getting ileitis vaccine, uh, when weren't getting it or weren't getting it when they're supposed to. And so um, it uh, became part of a bonus program to make sure it was done by a certain, certain age, done in the right time window. And so uh, started seeing um, right away, started running that and you get well, this, we actually, I think we actually, so, and then another thing we were able to do is run with our medication records is what run withdrawal reports. So if everything's getting entered in at the right time, we know we're going to take uh, first cuts of pigs out of a barn. We'll run a withdrawal uh, report, make sure nothing's documented that's within a with, our withdrawal window. Um, you know, it's kind of a quick check um, of the medication records. And so one pinged up, oh, we got a withdrawal issue and it was ileitis vaccine. They just been done like a week ago. Well, now they got to take first cuts out. Well, you know, they probably would never have been done, but, you know, now the guy knew, well, I'm going to get, you know, if they, if, you know, they're going to run a report, they're going to know I never did the ileitis vaccine. So they ran, you know, ran at a time where it probably didn't, it wasn't going to make any difference in the health of the pigs anymore. And that's, you know, and that's not to, um, you know, uh, single one person out or one thing out, but, you know, we didn't have a good system in place to ensure compliance. And, um, you know, and as you get, as you get better at those things, you can do things pretty easily and you, and you find less and less problems in it helps dial it in to be a better producer. How about you, Matt? Yeah, like Pete said, I mean, a lot of these production and health things go together. So we're using the production data that we have out of these systems to monitor, uh, just like Daniel Linares and the group from Iowa State shared several years ago at a layman conference that if you use these health early warning system, we call it or trademarked in our business, that we look at pigs wean per week, pre-weaning mortality, birth loss, uh, which is stills and mummies combined. We added um, sows wean zero per week and capture that information, sow death rate, abortion rate. We can use those to detect signals that there's something going wrong in a sow farm even before we could pick it up on diagnostics. So using pieces like that and tying that back to make sure that our vaccination program is being followed, having a vaccination program all spelled out and then reviewing that with the team on a quarterly basis or monthly basis to make sure that 
hey, these quarterly vaccines have been given or show us in the fridge which vaccines you've given this week and to what groups and then checking to make sure that matches with what we've got documented is also a key component. That concludes part one of this week's episode. Be sure to stay tuned for part two, which will be broadcast in two weeks. As always, we thank you for listening and encourage you to subscribe for future episodes from Merck Animal Health and learn more about Merck Animal Health at drivenbyprevention.com.